Is there a way to talk about psychedelics that isn't characterized by frivolousness or science-free moral panics? And who needs to have that conversation? Psychedelics, and in particular magic mushrooms or psilocybin, have been undergoing a steady reassessment in recent years, and their use in care is being researched around the world, including in Ireland. Nature magazine thinks that psilocybin and other psychedelics are poised to make a significant impact on treatments available to psychiatric medicine. Some advocate their use in broader circumstances. Sam Gandhi is an ecologist and psychedelics expert who sees a role for psychedelics like psilocybin in developing a healthier relationship with the environment. Are psychedelics the cure for capitalism? Sam Gandhi spoke recently at Dublin's Project Arts Centre as part of the Seed Talk series about psilocybin and the science of mushrooms. Culture Files' Angela O'Shaughnessy asked him about the past, present and futures of psychedelics. Myself and my good friend, and we went to this electronic nightclub called Fabric on the underground, having eaten each a tub of mushrooms. And uh, it, it was uh, quite a harrowing first encounter. I knew I'd encountered something interesting and powerful and mysterious and something I wanted to revisit, but with a bit more humility and respect. I would say, I guess, right off the bat, that classical psychedelics, such as psilocybin in Magic Mushrooms, they're, they're non-addictive, they're non-toxic. However, as well as the physical, physiological aspects of, of their effects, there's the psychological impacts of their effects and their profound effects upon the psyche. You know, this is why indigenous groups that use them only tend to use them in sort of structured, ceremonial, ritualistic context. They don't, they don't tend to use them frivolously. And then if we look to the modern clinical approach using psychedelics now, set and settings also taken very seriously. While there's definitely wrong ways of using psychedelics, there's not a singular right way. You know, there's potentially a plurality of good ways of using psychedelics depending on the aims and outcomes you're kind of hoping for. I was giving a talk at Breaking Convention, a wonderful conference that happened in London every two years, and Dr. David Luke, who's one of the people behind the, the conference and has since become a friend, he gave a talk discussing some of his research, looking at how psychedelics can potentially influence people's connection to nature and their ecological concern. And that was, for me, a bit of a light bulb moment. So earlier this year, I published with David and some other colleagues, we published a paper called Transpersonal Ecodelia. This was interesting because it seems, you know, prior to psychedelic research, it was considered personality traits are fairly rigid and stable. They don't tend to, to change much. We found that following a psilocybin experience, at least in our study sample, it seems that people are becoming more sensitive to or responsive to beauty in nature. You know, there's a really good body of, of evidence now to show that time in nature is, is so important. Obviously, more and more people are growing up disconnected from nature or having not had the, the, the kind of um, circumstances or the luck to, to have regular access to nature. But it seems that psychedelics have this potential to maybe kind of ignite this sense of uh, kinship or connection to the natural world where there might not have been such a strong bond before.
a few studies have reported that following psychedelic experiences, people do choose to spend more time in nature. Back in the 60s, it tended to be much more alarmist to the point of, yeah, being ridiculous. And there's still, I think, some cultural baggage and hangover from that time. I think it's one of the reasons that psychedelics are, are Schedule One substances in the UK, which is the strictest classification. The, the official designation of that is a high potential for abuse and no medical value. The growing scientific evidence base really refutes that classification. Psychedelics do have growing evidence for medical utility and they don't have a high potential for abuse. They're not addictive habit-forming substances in the way that other substances can be. You know, it's important to, to emphasise that even, even some of the research that's been conducted, so for instance, Johns Hopkins looked at high-dose psilocybin and the mystical or spiritual experiences. Even when selecting an otherwise healthy group without mental health diagnoses or clinical diagnoses, even when preparing them and supporting them, there were still adverse reactions, uh, admittedly transient for the most part. We have to remember that those people were being kind of well looked after. So if you think about naturalistic or recreational use, where those safeguards aren't in place, you can kind of see that there's the potential for things to kind of go south or go off the rails. You know, if we maybe back in the 50s, 60s, taken the time to learn more and acknowledge the experience of these indigenous groups who've been working with these substances for a long time, centuries um, in, in some cases, we probably wouldn't have had to sort of learn the whole set and setting rule from the ground up to the same degree. It's interesting, I think, to see what's happening in the US, you know, which was the original source of the war on drugs. It feels like they've kind of thrown in the towel now and, and admit that the, the drugs have won the war because they're starting to decriminalise psychedelics at the not just city but state level. So we kind of need to update those classification systems. They're kind of lagging behind where the evidence is pointing. Looking ahead, I think a few things it would be good to happen. I think to get things set sort of moving in the right direction, I think it would be good if psilocybin, for example, was rescheduled to a lower classification. Um, it would allow for off-label prescriptions, so it would, yeah, it would serve to kind of open the door for more useful research where it might help people who are otherwise suffering from, from hard-to-treat conditions such as addiction, existential anxiety, major depression. It will happen in time of its own accord. I feel like there's definitely room to explore using psychedelics in a more group-based context. That more closely aligns with the indigenous model of how psychedelics are used. And I feel like there's benefits to using them in a the group context, the, the community cohesion and communitas that can kind of result. There's, there's a plurality of different ways that psychedelics can potentially be used positively. And I think it would be good to see more consideration uh, being given to those different, different ways. I would hope that psychedelics don't just remain in the hands of the medical profession. Uh, you know, as much good as they can potentially 
uh, do there when used and handled well. I wonder if we'll get to a position that will be slightly more reflective of the indigenous approach to using psychedelics, where it's much more held in a kind of community container. And that in itself could bear fruit. The more individualistic clinical approach perhaps doesn't. Sam Gandhi there and the reporter was Angela O'Shaughnessy. You can find Seed Talks on Instagram at Seed Talks, all one word.